Selena. She like studies all this stuff. Welcome to episode 15 to the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. And I'm Sherry. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) We have a really small group today. Um, And we want to kind of reflect back on the lecture from last week about uh, essentially right brain, left brain. And uh, Dr. Susan Jones uh, had a talk with with our members on the concept of uh, split brain. I thought it was interesting. I've heard of this concept before where there's a thought uh, that people potentially have two consciousness in their brains. And the beginning of the lecture is more of an introduction in how the brain, or I guess the history of uh, seizures. And there was an example of uh, a famous Canadian doctor who was able to map the uh, brain, map the brain and uh, stop seizures by identifying where were the sources of seizures. And uh, near the end of the lecture, it was interesting because uh, for some patients where they had their hemispheres of their brains separated, an interesting outcome uh, resulted from that separation where uh, what one half of the brain would make a decision and the other half of the brain would make a alternative decision as well. And uh, some of these patients who had recently had their hemispheres separated had difficulty uh, with everyday life because one hand would be trying to do one thing and the other hand would be trying to do another thing and they couldn't come to a consensus and sometimes it took people a long time to get dressed for example and sometimes maybe one side of their brains uh, saw something versus another side of the brain that saw something completely different so uh, it was really interesting and I kind of like looked up a little bit more with some other videos as well on YouTube and it's really interesting to see patients trying to either identify things uh, but then if one side of the brain couldn't quite identify what was on the other side uh, they would try to rationalize why they didn't see that and it was just interesting that our brains function that way and it, it brings up the question about whether we actually have two consciousness in our brains. I found the example that she gave about the shopping, the woman who went shopping for groceries and the one hand would reach for something and the other hand would like smack it away. And then it took her like two hours to do grocery shopping that would normally take her, you know, half the time at least. I found that really interesting that your body can kind of act in a way that is uh, instinctual almost without you even thinking about it. So one of the thoughts I had over the week as well was, what if, you know, one part of your brain is uh, a conservative and the other part is liberal? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, like, or, or even, you know, um, uh, the other example that was brought up during the lecture as well was, you know, what if one part of your brain was an atheist and the other part was a theist? Which one goes to heaven? Like, <laughs> like I, I... only half your body goes to heaven. So then you're walking around with one leg and one arm and <laughs> hoping for the best. Yeah. So uh, it, it's interesting. And I, as I was kind of looking online uh, just for some additional uh, reading materials, I know there was a study uh, that came out that contradicted this kind of split brain uh, theory and. 
uh, I'll, I'll post it in the notes as well. But I, I think it's also, it appears to be at least from my own research that there's a little bit of unknown here on whether that's truly the case, whether it's truly, you know, two consciousness in one brain, and perhaps it really is just one consciousness, but the, the splitting of the hemispheres kind of prevent that communication between both sides, which potentially demonstrates some of the s- symptoms that appears like there's two consciousness, but maybe in reality, there really isn't these two consciousness that are living inside your brain. It's interesting because some of the stuff that I read about is that some of the, so your brain has specialization areas. So uh, one area might be good at math, but then there's other parts of the brain that communicate together to help you to solve math problems. So let's say you're good at math, but, and you're good at calculations, but then you need to, use your problem solving and critical skills in order to solve a problem. So you're, you're kind of communicating with different parts of the brain still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the extent of what I know about the brain. <laughs> that's all I know too. <laughs> yeah. Good podcast. We're done. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> but, but, uh, so I, I think it's uh, clear, clear to say, you know, we're both not, neuroscientists and we are definitely out of our element when it comes to talking about the brain but for me it's interesting to kind of think about okay you know there are some studies that maybe says you know we might not have two consciousness in our brains um, but as I'm trying to think about you know what are the implications uh, if it's shown that you know we potentially have two independent consciousness in our brains like what would be the implications in day-to-day life so for example would people uh, that do bad for example would we blame it on one half of someone's consciousness and the other half that has morals it's kind of kept silent so it's like the angel and the devil on the shoulder one of them just gets deleted and then you've only got the other one or what about the flip side is you've got somebody who only does good to the point of self-sacrificing they don't have the devil they don't have that uh you know selfish motivations Mm -hmm. i don't know Uh, i was kind of thinking about it it's maybe it's really not true that we really have kind of two consciousness uh, what but, do you think? What's your opinion? Do you think that we have two consciousness? Uh, the more I think about it, I feel like we probably don't. I think this brings up the question of maybe what is consciousness? And that's probably even a longer discussion. Uh, and I, I don't have all the scientific backing to maybe have a very coherent opinion on what is consciousness, but... Uh, is that may- more of a philosophical question, though, than a scientific one? Or can you bring science into that? I can I can see where science comes in because when you think about, let's say, a single cell, I, I wouldn't view a single cell as having a conscience. Um, but then at what point would you say a organism has consciousness? So a, a collection of cells, uh, maybe... A, it has a nervous system that can react to external stimuli. Does that mean it has some level of consciousness? I, I can see an argument where very simple animals maybe have very simple rudimentary kinds of consciousness. And as life gets more complex, 
their consciousness is more complex, where they can perceive the world, they can understand uh, what's going on, and they can react to it. Uh, so for me, consciousness is just kind of a byproduct of evolution. We need this consciousness to survive. And maybe there's some people that think, you know, consciousness is some like special thing out there. But I don't know, I, I'm, for me, consciousness is just a survival tool that organisms have just developed over time in order for us to understand the world around us and to continue to live. You know, we, we use our consciousness to find food, uh, to pro, uh, reproduce, to avoid danger. I mean, we use consciousness to help us survive. So it's kind of a, to me, it's just more of a byproduct of life or specifically our evolution because we're much more complex than a single, uh, like a single cell life. Uh, and we need this in order for us to survive. I would agree with you. Yeah. I think so. it's interesting to think about, you know, why we specifically developed consciousness versus, you know, something mm-hmm. else that didn't. But maybe, I mean, I can see other organisms have some level of consciousness. I mean, we humans, we have speech. We have the ability to not only uh, produce sounds because through our vocal cords, but we can also develop language via our brains and things like that. So I don't know whether... I would classify as humans as being like the pinnacle of complexity. Uh, but I feel like we've been able to, just through our evolution, been able to develop specific skills that have helped our species survive. And I, I feel like language and how we uh, interpret the world, these are all just byproducts of our evolution. So I know other people might think, I don't know, humans are like super special, but I feel like I, I I feel like I'm just being realistic that we're not really that special. We're, we're, <laughs> we kind of developed all this because it's just part of our own evolution. And we needed this to survive as a, as a, as a group. We're in, uh, I don't know if it's colonies is the right word, but, uh, but you know, when we're living communities, uh, we needed language in order to facilitate conversations and to uh, be able to coordinate in order to survive the various environmental or uh, predators back you know a thousand years ago to protect ourselves uh, from various dangers we needed to develop these skills of language and uh, dexterity in our hands and and to be able to hear danger things like that do you know is is it something that's special about humans that we develop the complexity of consciousness that we have like why don't dogs have a higher consciousness or could they reach our consciousness at some point in the future or maybe they have a such a short lifespan that they they would never really get to that point maybe in the very long future if if the right environmental pressures were there that would require dogs to somehow develop uh language or things like that but i mean to me at the end of the day it's it, it's just so it just so happens that our evolution and the various either environmental or uh, other external pressures that have allowed uh, humans to form these specific skills in order to understand the world around around us so i don't know for for me it's i'm not being a i'm not trying to be a negative nelly but it's just <laughs> one of those i feel like we're not that special it's just it just so happens we <laughs> develop these uh, skills because we needed it to survive if mm-hmm. we i feel like if there weren't 
certain environmental pressures or pressures for humans to uh, be able to vocally communicate and uh, develop tools. If there weren't these pressures, we probably wouldn't develop this, the ability to speak and to to form tools and to kind of uh, essentially develop technology and things like that in order for us to really get to where we are, essentially. So, I think we are special in a way, though. I don't know. I think that because we are able to adapt so well, I think that's kind of what differentiates us to other species. So our brain is able to change to adapt to its situation. So even when you split the brain, you're able to adapt to it over time versus other species. So other species are sometimes in the same situation we might have been, you know, when we were cavemen. We were running away from predators. We were trying to kill things, etc. There's tons of animals out there that that are in that situation, but they haven't developed that same level of consciousness, whereas mm-hmm. we as humans have been so adaptable that we've been able to advance mm-hmm. as a species. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I'm sure other animals that we were able to still split their brains, I mean, they would still potentially form the right neural connections to essentially put that put the pieces back together. I mean, the, the study I was referring to where the scientists believe that we don't really have this like split brain uh, within our heads is because over time people tend to grow, essentially grow out of this like split brain personality where one hand is doing one thing and the other hand is doing another thing because the, their hypothesis is uh, the brains are reforming connections after it's split. But in- okay, so you don't always end up that way. Uh, like so, if if a doctor came in and split your brain. Mm-hmm you would eventually develop new neural pathways so that you could that, action... That's, yeah, that, that's what is uh, being uh, postulated in the, okay. uh, in the research because they essentially uh, try to duplicate the, the tests. So there's a test where you know they'll show an image on one side of your face versus the other side of the face to see which hand, whether your right eye could could see a picture and the left hand attempt to reach out to grab an object that the right side saw. And uh, over time, uh, when they re-examined these people after maybe a few years, it appeared like they didn't really have the split brain personality anymore. It's It, they, it functioned as one. So the hypothesis is there were new uh, connections that are being formed. Uh, but in terms of, you know, how, whether humans are special compared to like other animals I mean, like dogs for example I, I don't think there's enough at least dogs did not have the same environmental pressures and time that it took for, to develop anything above and beyond what they currently are and it just so happened that we humans luckily our ancestors had the right amount of environmental pressures to uh, allow us to utilize our skills and develop our skills in order to survive in the environment uh, and to develop all these things that we come to know in terms of you know intelligence language um, that's why I feel like I mean if if let's say humans got extinct were extinct and then the same environmental pressures were applied onto like a squid for example maybe like <laughs> A billion years, you'll have like super smart squid that are uh, roaming around the planet. So I bring up the squid example because uh, I'll, I'll go on a slight tangent, but 
Uh, there's this new Netflix show called Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if you heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. So there's a, it's, it's basically an anthology. It's like Black Mirror, but mm-hmm. all animation. They have like 18 episodes. They're all different, all different styles of animation. Uh, one of the animations or one of the stories is called uh, Alternative Histories. And it's bas- it postulates, it basically uh, uh, goes through a scenario where the user can pick a scenario in history and change one variable and see what happens over time. And it's a, it, they kind of frame it up as, uh, oh, this is a demo. So we're going to pick one important part of history, which is the death of Hitler. And then they kind of like branch out into different scenarios of what happens if Hitler died this way? And then <laughs> kind of show different potential scenarios. One of the scenarios is basically like a super ridiculous scenario where humans all die out and peaceful squid kind of took over the world and eventually uh, became super intelligent and landed on the moon like two billion years later. <laughs> so so to me, it's, it kind of illustrates, I mean, depending on time and environmental pressures, technically other forms of consciousness or intelligence, I think, could potentially develop. So uh, that's why I feel like it's not unique to humans. It's just a matter of what type of pressures and what type of timelines uh, a species has to kind of develop over time and whether it gets wiped out before it even gets a chance to evolve. So you're saying that in an alternate dimension, there is a super squid race that is running the planet? Uh, highly possible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just, like octopus are really smart. I don't know if you've seen it. Any... no idea how smart they okay. are. <laughs> I don't know. This is another tangent, but... <laughs> How many YouTube videos have you been watching today? <laughs> but no, it's just like octopus are really, really smart. I mean, they are like one of the world's greatest escape artists. Like, uh, I think uh, uh, a lot of like aquariums around the world, if they were to keep an octopus in a tank, they have to like bolt down every lid <laughs> and every opening because a squid is just the, one of the greatest escape artists because it can squeeze through the tiniest hole. And it's super smart to figure out how to like poke at things to try to escape i have seen them try and like squeeze off of like holes in boats and stuff like yeah. that and it's amazing they just there's nothing like there but there's nothing to them they're just almost like cartilage where they yeah. can just kind of squish themselves down <laughs> and out they go yeah. yeah do they but do they have do they have like super super intelligence where they know to poke at things or actually i wonder actually do they even have brains? I can't... I don't know. Let me look at octopus brain. I wasn't sure that they did have brain. Well, squids, I didn't know if they had brains. Maybe it's teeny tiny. They have to, right? They've got a nervous system? Okay, so unverified. This is just a quick Google search, but the first result says an octopus has three hearts and nine brains. Nine brains! <laughs> <laughs> so this alternate universe of more super-powered squids and octopuses is... Yeah. True. It's it happened. It's in an alternate reality. We'll get there. You can't beat you can't beat nine brains. (laughs) But yeah, I I would suspect it's mostly just like a very large nervous system. I'm shocked they have a huge nervous system. What do they need it for? Well, I mean, it's in their tentacles, right? They have there's got to be nerve endings. But we have lots of nerve endings, and we don't have like a million brains. No, but we have a pretty extensive nervous system. I guess, so, yeah. So it's a, just a feel... different development of the brain, then you're saying. 
It definitely is different because, I mean, uh, technically, Octopus is kind of uh, pretty low on the, in the complexity scale when it comes to life forms. So it probably, again, I, this is just quick Google research, but I suspect it says, you know, they have a nervous system which contain, contains a central brain. So probably do have like a central, I don't know, cluster of neurons that access the brain. And uh, as life gets more complex or kind of moves up the complexity level, uh, so fish have a centralized brain and obviously all mammals have a centralized brain as well. So one of them would be centralized, is what you're saying? Like in the octopus, one uh, of the brains? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> so we, <laughs> Who knows? We, Anyone who knows anything about octopi. So we need know. an octopus expert, or I need to <laughs> do some more research on octopus. But, I'm asking too many questions yeah. about the octopus. Nonetheless, they're very fascinating creatures, and I, they're pretty smart for such a small creature. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah. I think looking at, like split personalities and things like that like I wonder if that person who went shopping and like couldn't grab things from the shelves because their other hand was swatting it away I wonder if they did get better after time I wonder if like we can heal ourselves in that way so the reason why I think there is generally kind of this one conscious I mean splitting of the brain essentially prevents the communications between the two hemispheres. So that's why I feel like the swatting away is kind of just a symptom of the essentially the damage in the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, This inability to kind of coordinate the signals between the two halves is what's causing the symptom of this swatting. Um, So I would imagine, based on, again, kind of just some preliminary uh, reading, the brain appears to be able to kind of over time be able to eventually uh, remove this, you know, split brain kind of activity. So I I would assume that there needs to be some kind of rewiring in a brain in order for that to actually happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really skeptical when hearing about the two halves of the brain having their own separate consciousness. I just don't think that's possible. I think that we would have a full consciousness and then definitely some of the missed connections in the wiring would be what's causing those symptoms and hearing about how our brains can kind of adapt and reform new neural pathways. It kind of makes sense that it's just that one consciousness Mm -hmm. and and it's just fixing itself. Comes to the question of what is consciousness exactly like it's hard I, I find it hard to describe exactly what consciousness is mm-hmm. so I think it's the stuff that's outside of your physical movements so like she talked about the physical movements being this indicator of the two consciousnesses but I think that consciousness has to do with things like memory and emotion and that sort of thing versus these physical movements that they're testing. But isn't it all just pre, essentially like pre-programmed things in in our minds? I mean, this is this is all like a production of or a product of our evolution. We're just programmed to have these feelings because we needed them to, to survive. And I mean, th- to me, this brings back to a conversation we had on like artificial intelligence in terms of like, can you mimic a lot of these things through just coding i i think you can i think you can mimic everything we do 
in our brains. That's kind of like the nature versus nurture debate. So you, you're falling on the the nurture that you can learn these emotions, and then uh, so this robot can learn the emotions and then no, portray I, them. I, no, I, I I wouldn't say that because some of our ability to either react to the world or potentially maybe some of our capabilities are tied to nature. I mean, just through just through our DNA, but. But our brains are, I think, malleable enough to be able to pick up certain capabilities and skills just through learning through our environment over time. But my, my point with like talking about AI is just our ability to have these have feelings and to and to take in new information and learn new skills. I mean, this is all just an outcome of our evolution because again we needed this to survive so we have this ability that's been developed over you know millions of years through evolution and to me i mean artificial intelligence in theory we should be able to program that type of capability as well in the future but so i i, I don't know what's really that i don't really know what's that special about <laughs> consciousness but to me, yeah i don't know I mean, that's fair. Do you think that maybe there are other beings out in the universe that have similar consciousnesses who've developed quite as much as us? I think at the, it goes back to, at the end of the day, whether their evolution uh, made it possible or it made sense for their evolution. Mm-hmm. To have... So you need those environmental factors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. When I, If we kind of use life on Earth as a template, uh, making the assumption that life will follow similar trajectories as the Earth. I don't know if that's true, but you know the trajectory of life on Earth started from very simple and got more and more complex over time. And it appears like the more complex creatures have some ability to be able to recognize the world, what's going on in the world, and react to it. So to me, that's some form of consciousness being able to understand what is happening to their environment to themselves and i would imagine if there were life elsewhere that potentially would want it would need this awareness in order for its own survival as well so i can envision other life forms having consciousness as well maybe one day we'll find them maybe not though i doubt it not in my lifetime I doubt it, too. There's just too much distance between us and a potential nearby planet that could harbor intelligent life. How do we feel about the brain now? Oh, the brain is awesome. Yay, brain! And the brain, 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 brain. Oh. (laughs) Going back to Love, Death, and Robots, what are the Uh episodes has brain... The guy that the brain? Vo- voices the brain no. in it. <laughs> and he's narrating an no. awesome episode. Uh, I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah, the episode is, I think it's called When the Yogurt Took Over or something like that. But I'll, I'll set up the premise. Basically, humans accidentally created sentient yogurt. <laughs> I mean, we love yogurt. And that's what I will say about that episode. It basically, they accidentally created a sentient yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> do do people eat the yogurt? 
Oh no, because oh, it's sentient. Okay, okay. It's, I mean, okay. it's intelligent. So, mm-hmm. but it eventually takes over the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> so well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a really really creative piece of animation. Like, uh, uh, I do have to warn though, this is definitely not for kids because it is very rated R. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, the rated R yogurt. <laughs> uh, the, the yogurt episodes is pretty safe. There's actually no, it's not. <laughs> no, don't show it to kids. <laughs> no, no, don't, definitely don't show it to kids. Um, it, there's a lot of adult themes in it, um, and yeah, so it's definitely not for kids. It's it's made for grown-ups, and mm. it's uh, and each each episode is very very different <laughs> and different styles. Some some of it is you know quite violent some isn't so it's it's a whole mix but yeah overall very good so with this sentient yogurt uh do you think that humans could potentially make sentient beings just by applying the right environmental pressures like do you think we could ever figure that out i think we probably could if we had enough time i mean it's all i mean you kind of look at dogs for example i mean dogs essentially originated from wolves right so that evolutionary period between wolves and dogs are i don't know a few thousand years something like that but when you look at dogs i mean their brain capacity i don't think has really expanded that much in fact it probably got worse because <laughs> <laughs> they're highly dependent on humans now mm. so yeah i mean if you had the right environmental pressures you can probably start influencing that but i think it's also a matter of time i mean if you're, when you're talking about like human evolution i mean we're talking about millions of years between you know primates to humans and we we don't have that much time what else is there to say about brains i have brain knowledge but it has nothing to do with splitting the brain or left brain right brain it is a myth that i'm sure you might have heard this you know some people are right brain dominant or left brain dominant like meaning you know one person's more creative if they're i forgot what side of the brain's more creative ones in quotations i'm saying creative one i did read up on that and i read how like it's not true because we've got multiple areas of the brain that are communicating so you might have some mathematic processes on the left side that and different ones on the right side and you have to access them in order to, you know, solve a mathematical problem. Yeah, yeah. So it's not true that we're, like, dominant on one side of the brain or the other. Um, I mean, our brains need to communicate with each other. And the other one that's also uh, a myth is, uh, I don't know if you heard some memes out there talking about how humans only use, like, 10% of our brains or something like that. I've heard that. That's definitely not true at all. (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, the reason why we have our brains and the size of brains we have is we do need this much capacity (laughs) in order to be able to do what we do, in order to speak and visualize and to hear. I mean, yeah, we we definitely use all of our brain. It's not like there's, like, hidden capacity that we're just untapped. Yeah, and I think the only like the only reasonable way you could look at that would be to say, oh, we only used ten percent at a time. But even then, that's not true because we've got so many senses that are happening. We've got visual, we've got language processes, we've got um, you know touch, all of our senses. Like, yeah. Exactly, and and we don't normally pay attention to it, right? Like mm. you know, 
currently uh, my ner every nerve on my body is sensing the environment, but I'm not thinking about every single thing I'm touching right now or hearing or seeing. It's, I'm selective as to what I'm paying attention to. That's definitely a myth. Yeah. And I know there's even been like a lot of like movies made around it about how, oh, you know, if you, I don't know, some special drug allows you to like tap 100% of your brain or something like that. But no. Yeah. Not I true. Think, I think a lot of it is popular culture wanting to understand human functions and human personalities and that sort of thing where they can't tap into the science quite as much. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for listening to Kenny and I talk about the brain with our limited sets of knowledge. Uh, hopefully we've been interesting enough. Next month, we are going to be hearing a lecture from Rory Davis. He's going to talk to us about basic income, which is something that is highly publicized in the news right now because the liberal government gave basic income as a trial to a certain set of people, and then the conservative government took it away. So it will be interesting to hear what Rory has to say about basic income. So we're really excited to hear from him. And then we will be recording a podcast where it will be Kenny and I and Rory and if anyone else joins us. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, some of the topics that he talked about and hopefully get more insight from him on basic income. So thanks everyone for listening to our highly disjointed podcasts. Our, our brain capacity is very limited for this podcast, but we gave it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best we can say. <laughs> thanks everyone. We will see you next time. Look out for those superhuman squids. I'm only using 10% of my brain right now. <laughs> yeah. Have we recorded enough time? Do you think? <laughs> We've gone on a crazy tangent. We have nothing else to say about the brain. <laughs> Our brains have died. Well, what happens if someone has split personality on Mars? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad our Mars expert's not here to talk about what, development what if, in what Mars. What part one half of the brain doesn't want to be on Mars and the other one wants to be on Mars. <laughs>